0: For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first.
1: This is the Essential Bible Studies Podcast. My name is Tim Young.
0: And my name is Stephen Whitehouse.
1: And we're so happy to be back here and at the Manitoulin Bible Camp and talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is this Greek word "perusia" that we find in First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians. We're just focusing in on here because this was a very important message that Paul had for this this really modeled ecclesia for us in our modern age. So we're really picking up here how important the belief of the literal physical coming of the Lord Jesus Christ back to earth is and we saw from our last episode how there's this royal triplet in there about uh, Paul remembering the the Thessalonian believers their work of faith their labor of love and their steadfastness of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and what this hope really is is the waiting for the sun from heaven, as it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 10. And we also see in 1 Thessalonians that at the end of every chapter is a mention, a remembrance to these believers of their hope of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and how it was supposed to rule their lives. And I just wanted to start back up here again, Stephen, in chapter 2, in verse 19, with some lovely words of the Apostle Paul. He says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. So there's this vision that we personally, individually, are striving for the kingdom. But our hope is that we're all going to be there together. That as of all the believers, there's going to be this multitudinous Christ at the end of the age when Christ comes back. And this is really where our love needs to develop, that labor of love that we all love one another. And at the end of chapter three, I think that's why in verse 12, he connects this idea of love with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in chapter three in verse 12, he says, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that ye may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. So this whole vision of the coming kingdom of God and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is supposed to rule our lives day after day, that we love one another and that we live a holy life that we try at the best that we can to be to be blameless or righteous it comes out in chapter 5 in verse 23 as well this idea of being blameless or holy at the coming of our lord jesus christ last episode we kind of connected the words of paul with peter but it's also in in second peter in chapter 3 where peter goes through the coming of the lord as well and he talks about the, the great events that are going to happen there. And at the end of all of this, this prophetical vision that Peter develops there, he says, he says in verse 14, 2 Peter 3, verse 14, seeing that the coming of the Lord is, is nigh, he says, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish. And at peace. So, seeing that we're waiting for these things, we should be living this holy life. So, this is a very practical first principle doctrine that we are to be living by.
0: The, the fact, Tim, that you you, you started—I—I I, I couldn't agree more. That the, the fact that you started off in those closing words in chapter two, and then you you pointed to chapter three before you went to five—I find it fascinating that this is also a real letter. And we mustn't forget that. This is mm. this is the Apostle Paul uh, writing to the Thessalonians, and he's received a report from Timothy, how they are faring, uh, because Paul had to flee from the Thessalonians because he was chased by the Jews. So this is a very natural letter, and, and I find it fascinating that this naturalness does come through. So throughout chapter 3... You've got Paul asking, how is their faith? You can see there at the end of verse 2, your faith. In the middle of verse 5, your faith. Mm. Verse 6, your faith and charity, or your faith and love. The end of verse 7, your faith. And the end of verse 10, your faith. And, and he wanted to know how they were faring through persecution. And, and with that hope that we have of the coming Lord Jesus Christ and the establishment of, our, of the kingdom of God, it still requires faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we mustn't forget that. This is a quality that God is looking for us to develop in our lives, in every aspect of our lives, as we make our way towards God's coming kingdom. So I just wanted to point out that.
1: Yeah, it's funny this, now, everybody's going around camp saying, how's your faith? Yeah,
0: <laughs> that, that's right, that's right. So they were listening to classes. But, but this point about... Um, living with this hope, I think is an important one, because uh, the the fact that Paul is asking, how is your faith? Well, if you notice in verse 6 of chapter 3, he says there that he's received tidings from Timothy, so Timothy's brought back a, a report, and you see it's from faith and love. mm where the triplet, as you've already said from our last podcast, yeah, that's faith, hope, and love. So it would suggest, wouldn't it, that that hope is missing?
1: There is, yeah, hope is not there. Yeah. Chapter three, verse six,
0: and, and and you could view really the first epistle and the second epistle as a as an epistle or epistles of hope mm. to encourage their hope once again. But I, I think when you look at chapter 5, Paul gives a very interesting perspective because he starts off by saying, But at the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. So thinking about this whole idea of the coming kingdom of God, Jesus Christ is going to return to establish God's kingdom. And, and Paul says here that he could come as a thief in the night and any thief that comes in the night, he comes unawares. Yeah. He takes you by surprise. So then, given what we've just said there, these words are important, aren't they? Verse 4, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You are all children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober." For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. And then we've got this triplet again. But let us who are on the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a an helmet, here we've got it, the hope of salvation. Now, there
1: it is again. But
0: I think it is interesting here, because Paul is saying that we're living in the night. Mm. And the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and the coming kingdom of God is the day of the Lord. Right. Yeah. So, though we're of the night, we've got to ensure that Christ doesn't come to us as a thief in the night, and neither do we slumber. So, I think the question is, how do you live in the night, but at the same time, as Paul says there in verse 5, you are the children of light? Right. Th- th- there seems a paradox there, doesn't there? How yeah. can you be in the night, knowing that the day of the Lord hasn't arrived, but we are children of the light, And I think Paul comes to our aid elsewhere in the book of Romans. I just want to go to this little passage here. And when I came across this, I found this quite remarkable, really. Mm -hmm. Romans 13, and Paul says these words, and we don't really need to go into context because the words are self-explanatory. Yes. He says there in verse 12, "...the night is far spent." The day is at hand. So we're in the night, ah, yeah. and we're at the latter parts of the night, and as they say, the darkest part of the night is just before the dawn. Yes, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armour of light. Okay, so, so the darkness there is the works of darkness. And if we don't do the works of darkness, and we put on the armour of light, which is the faith, hope, and love we've just seen in Thessalonians, then we can be children of light. But it goes on to say in verse 13, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, drunkenness, not in chambering in wantonness, not in strife and envying. Envy. These all are poor qualities, aren't they, of any servant of God? But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfil the lust thereof. So, so, Paul here is saying that in reality, to be a child of light, it's about our behavior. Yes. It's our behavior that makes us a child of light. In, in other words, it doesn't matter if it's dark outside. We can still be children of light. And he goes on even more by saying, verse 13, let us walk honestly as in the day. Now, what does he mean by that? The day is the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord, and the day of the Lord is God's coming kingdom. It is Jesus Christ established as king upon the earth. The parousia has taken place. Right. And so, Tim, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? Because Paul's saying we are to live our lives today as if Jesus Christ is king today. The parousia has taken place. That manifestation that we talked about a little earlier has taken place. The world now knows that Christ is in the earth. And that's how we should live.
1: So it's almost like when he does come back, he's going to recognize us, and there's, we're just going to come into the kingdom and we're just going to take off right from there because we're living as if we're in the kingdom right now. It's just, it's just going to be a reality at that point, and we're going to hit the ground running, as it were.
0: That's the challenge we all have, isn't yeah. it? That we can see the world is a, is a world of darkness as far as truth is concerned. Yet all of us have to be children of light. And, and so then, that's why we need that faith, hope, and love. We, we need those qualities within us to be able to see the things that we cannot see. We come back to that verse, faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. We have to live as if Christ is here now, and that requires tremendous faith.
1: Right. So it's really important to kind of just have this in our mind. This is coming that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming, that this whole world is going to be changed. It's going to become the kingdom of God. And it's neat that Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, even though they had a problem that you were saying before, he gives them some more details about what's going to happen. I was just wondering if you could go through that for us, going back to First Thessalonians chapter 4, and just go over what he's talking about here in verses, uh, where did you start, verse 13 or verse 14? And uh, the importance of this for the Thessalonians, and the importance for us to really have this kind of vision of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Well, as I said, Tim, this is a a very real letter. The fact that there was a problem in their understanding that the parousia had taken place and Christ as the king had arrived, Paul now is, is motivated by the Spirit Uh, to explain a whole series of events that will surround the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we should be so grateful of that, because Mm. it's actually this misunderstanding of the Ecclesia that allows us as readers in the 21st century to understand the whole series of things that will take place in the earth to bring about God's kingdom. And and without this problem, we wouldn't have this information.
1: Right.
0: (laughs) Well, it starts, as you said, in verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again... Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. And I'd like you to know that, Tim. That Paul doesn't talk about those that die. Mm. It's a metaphor, isn't it? That yeah. that that sleep is a is a metaphor for death. And every night we we go through that metaphor, don't we? We we fall asleep and then we wake up every morning, and that's a a metaphor for death and resurrection. And often we don't think of it like that, do right, we? Right. Right. So this metaphor is very, very important, and I think if you um, you know bring to mind that the word cemetery is the Greek quamaterium, which means a sleeping place, this was something that was well understood at one time, that those graveyards were full of men and women who were sleeping in Christ and one day would awake. Mm-hmm and then he goes on to say doesn't it in verse 15 for this we say unto you by the word of the lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the lord shall not prevent them which are asleep and again paul is dealing with a real concern here that those that were falling on rest falling on sleep that were dying and perhaps many of them were dying through persecution were somehow forfeiting the kingdom god and Paul saying here look that the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or shall not precede those which are asleep. Those that are asleep will have a priority when Jesus Christ returns. And and it's emphasized at the end of verse 16, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. We perhaps wouldn't think of it like that, but actually those that are dead in Christ will be the first ones to know that Christ has returned. They have a special blessing. And so what we're being told here, that the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we're told that those which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And I think that's caused a, a few difficulties, really, that that phrase being caught up together within the clouds. It gives the the idea, doesn't it, that we're going to be snatched away into heaven. Whereas the scripture, that the Bible is very clear that God's coming kingdom is going to be established upon the earth and i think there's a very simple example and mm. what we tend to do when we're um, looking at words is to see how the bible uses those words elsewhere we we call that uh, the bible interpreting the bible or scripture right, interpreting right. Very scripture very
1: important part of bible study
0: and a good example of this if you go all the way back to acts chapter 8 and it's a well known incident probably to your listeners and um, this is about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch and he's right. the Ethiopian eunuch and he's reading the book of Isaiah and God sends Philip to explain the book and the message of the Lord Jesus in the book of Isaiah and they come to a stretch of water and Philip baptizes the Ethiopian eunuch and when they come out of the water you get these rather dramatic words in verse 39. And when they were come out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and that's the same word, it's the Greek word halpezio in fact, that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing, but Philip was found in Azotus, or Ashdod today, and passing through he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. And I think this is very helpful in fact because it tells us there in verse 27 that the Ethiopian eunuch was very close to Jerusalem and Azotus is about 20 kilometers away from Jerusalem, and we're told here that Philip was taken away. He was snatched away. He was removed from one place to another, and it was instant. But it didn't harm Philip in any way, because as soon as he arrived there, he continued what he was doing with the Ethiopian eunuch. He continued preaching. And that's the same idea there, that we're going to be taken to judgment.
1: Now, in the Thessalonians passage, it says, caught up. But that word really has no idea of direction. And as you're bringing out here in Acts, where it's, that word is also used, the direction is on the earth. It's not up. It's being caught away to wherever the Lord Jesus Christ is. And we know he's coming back, and it's going to be with clouds.
0: It is. And that word meet there in chapter 4 Thessalonians and verse 17 in the first epistle, the word meeting is the idea to
1: welcome a dignitary. Well, that's consistent with the themes that, that we've been finding in Thessalonians. Mm. So the clouds, though, I mean, people think of clouds as in heaven, but when you, you again compare Scripture with Scripture, in the beginning of Acts, that might be an important one to, to look at, in Acts chapter 1, mm. it does say there that Jesus Christ was taken up into heaven And he was taken up into heaven with the clouds. And it's in Acts chapter 1 and verse 9 when he, that Jesus had said these things, as they, that's the apostles who were with him, were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men, these are angels, stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So there's no getting around that verse. Is that Jesus Christ is literally, he's going to come back and he's going to come back with with clouds, right? So as he went up, he's going to come back, but he's coming back down to the earth. And uh, so th- that's a really interesting study, clouds in scripture, and it's going to be an important one.
0: And those, again, who are listening and, and want to... Just see how that expression is used in their Bibles. We can take them to Daniel chapter 7 and verse 13, which you have a a very dramatic vision of the Son of Man coming in clouds, which is exactly what you looked at there, Tim, in Acts chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, a great cloud of witnesses. And then you've got Matthew chapter twenty-four, shall see the Son of Man coming in clouds of heaven with power and great glory. It's a very consistent message that Christ will come in clouds in in great power and glory. So we shouldn't get, we shouldn't be troubled in any way with what the language says there in one Thessalonians four.
1: I'd just throw in there too that the clouds are often associated with the glory of God. Say in the temple when it was dedicated, it was filled with the cloud which represented the glory of God, and we see it in the. Cloud in the wilderness, and in in so many ways, there's this cloud that's on earth. Like when Jesus at the Transfiguration, there's a cloud came down, and said, "This is my beloved Son; hear ye him." So there's there's a cloud used throughout Scripture, but it's it's always when it envelops the the believers, it's a cloud of glory that's that's on the earth, and so that's that's an important part of this. Paul is really like you just went through developing a, a wonderful picture for us to understand that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back he's going to raise the dead they're going to hear his voice even though they're dust in the ground there's nothing there but through the the miraculous power that Christ has they're going to hear this voice we're we're not going to hear it but they're going to hear this voice and it's going to raise them from the dead and there's going to be a point in time later on where we're going to be gathered together with them and to be with the lord jesus christ forever from that point i mean
0: i just i just love the way that scripture interprets scripture and how the apostle paul can be writing so many years later after the ascension of the lord jesus christ yet in the gospel records we see that his message was very consistent with the way that paul writes to the thessalonians because you can look at john chapter four Yes, You can look at John chapter 5, and and you can see these words, John chapter 5 and verse 25, and, and they're virtually the words that you've been reading there, Tim. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And then he goes on to say, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the graves... The dead, or those that are sleeping in Christ, shall hear his voice.
1: And the the amazing thing, you brought this out, and I've thought about this before, is that when a person is raised, God reconstitutes them, not just in body, but in mind and character and personality. Now, you talk about a miracle. How does God do that? I, I have no idea, but he remembers each and every one of his saints, as there's a psalm that says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. This is the true hope of all Christians, is, is this resurrection from the dead at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's, it's very important for us to do, just really make that a reality so that we, it affects our daily actions.
0: I think this is a very important thing, isn't it? The resurrection of the dead will be that person. They're not going to be enhanced in any way, they will be that person. Yeah. When the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he's the first fruits of them that slept. He's the pattern. He's the the original form as it were. There's going to be a, a harvest thereafter. That's what it means and when Jesus rose on the third day and he appeared to his disciples and to his mother and to Mary, he was Jesus. He was the same character. And we know that because they recognized him immediately. And I think that's an important point, that the life that we live now is all about developing a character for the coming kingdom of God. Yes. And that character will be a character that we take forward.
1: Right. God's going to change our bodies, but he's not going to change our personalities, our minds. That's what we're developing right now, and that's what he wants. Right. Well, Stephen, I can't thank you enough. This has been a wonderful time. Sitting around talking about these very impactful classes, I'm I'm hoping that I'll be able to link to the full set of classes on the website, and anybody could download those and listen to those now. But we've really seen from the Thessalonians how important our belief is in the coming of the Lord. And I encourage anybody in their Bible studies to really follow this through throughout all of Scripture. I'm sure we'll be bringing up. This subject again in in later podcasts, but I really appreciate your time. I know you're a very busy guy, and I'm very appreciative that your voice box held out <laughs> after all of this. And I, I just want I just can't thank you enough. So thank, thank you, Tim. You much. It's been a real pleasure. Stephen and I hope that this podcast has helped you to realize that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back soon. The King is coming. Are you ready? We are here to help you in any way in your walk towards God's kingdom. You can go to EssentialBibleStudies.org and contact us there or send us a direct message on Facebook or Instagram. I don't usually do this, but at the end of the podcast, I'm going to play a song I think you need to hear. It's taken right from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 19, and goes along so well with what Stephen and I have been talking about. If you haven't heard this song before, then you're welcome. If you have heard it, then you're still welcome. Essential Bible Studies is brought to you by the Book Road Christadelphian Ecclesia on the outskirts of a lovely place called Ancaster, Ontario, Canada. Until next time, my dear friends, may God help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen.
2: when he calls is it not you in the presence of our lord jesus christ is it not you Is it not you in his presence when he comes? It's not you in his presence when he comes.